Very cool. Well, I tell you, it was a little rough this week because Simplify was over. And I'm like, what am I going to preach on? You know, I got a little out of the habit there of having to come up with new topics, you know, since we kind of had a series. But it's, it's one of those weekends, kind of like Father's Day and Mother's Day. It's the 4th of July this week. And so I was like, okay, I probably have to tie that in somehow. And I say 4th of July because celebrating Independence Day on a Sunday sort doesn't sound spiritual. Like, doesn't sound right. But it is this weekend, and without that independence, without that freedom, we wouldn't probably be worshiping right now. So, but at the same time, I also know that we're about to start this really great series on relationship with God. So I was like, I need to help prepare us for how important it is to focus on God. So hopefully this will answer both those needs. And But I'm going to call my lesson this. In Dependence Day. Okay? And it all makes sense when I'm done. But for now, it's not Independence Day. It's In Dependence Day. Alright? You know, because obviously July 4th, and it's amazing guys, it's the 241st year of celebrating the ratification of our Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776. That's a long time. That's still not as long as some countries I know, but, you know, that's still, that's a considerable amount of time. You know, the Continental Congress basically declared that the 13 American colonies were no longer going to be part of Great Britain. And so, therefore, it gave birth to the potential, because it wasn't yet, the potential of America. But really, America didn't become United States, a true country of its own, until it had its own government, which we did not get on July 4th. We simply were independent from Great Britain. Our Constitution was not actually ratified until much later in 1788. So sometimes we forget that. It's good to go back to our history books, as I needed to. And it was very interesting, actually, because as I was researching this, Obviously, we were made independent from Great Britain, allowing us to have the freedom to now think about what foundation do we want to have. And so over the next many years, all these incredible individuals began to meet at the Congressional Convention to determine what will be our government. And it's an actually interesting history because each day they presented, different people presented different ideas. But during one of them, I found this incredible address given by Benjamin Franklin. This was given in June of 1787, so the year before we actually were able to get the Constitution. And here's what he had to say. I'm just going to share a few of the words. In this situation of this assembly, groping as it were in the dark to find political truth, and scarce able to distinguish it when to us, how has it happened? Sir, that have we not here thereto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of lights to illuminate our understandings. In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayer in this room for the divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who are engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind of providence we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace 
on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? I have lived for a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings, that except the Lord build, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without His concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little partial local interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and a byword down to the future age. And what is worse... Mankind may hereafter this unfortunate instant despair of establishing governments by human wisdom and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg to leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of the city be requested to officiate in that service. Yeah. I, I sat back and go, I heard of the Declaration of Independence, but why haven't I heard that? See, it was very clear to me that Ben Franklin was, was excited about independence from tyranny and oppression, but he in no way wanted a government or a nation that was independent from God. And yet when we look at our nation today, I think we need to hear the words of Ben Franklin all the more. We need to pray for our nation. That quote, no better than the builders of Babel. Why did he refer to that? Well, I think the only way we're going to know is we need to actually look at that story. So let's go to the Old Testament. Genesis 11. And, you know, for those who are historians or like a little more background, something that you may not realize is that majority of the books of the Bible are not written chronologically. I know that may blow your mind a little bit. But you've got to remember, most of the Old Testament, particularly the first five books, were not even written down until they were already off in exile. Okay, this is way past entering the promised land. This is when they've been in the promised land, had their kings divided, and eventually were taken to captivity. That's when a lot of these were written down. They were oral traditions up until that point. And so when they're writing these, they're writing with that whole history in mind. They're looking back going, how did we get here? And they start with Genesis. And so you'll read into the past things that haven't even occurred yet. So just something that's good to know. In fact, most historians believe that this chapter 11, this occurrence of the Tower of Babel actually took place before chapter 10. If you go to chapter 10, it's actually describing the lineage of people, the nations that come from the three sons of Noah. The way the literary wrote the Bible, though, is they did the first two sons of Noah, then go to the Tower of Babel, 
And then they go to the third son, Shem, because it's through Shem that we are given Abraham. Okay, so they were, they were thinking literary, not historical. But nonetheless, we have this story. I believe it probably occurred before the spreading of the nations coming from the sons of Noah. But nonetheless, it is recorded for us. Let's read it. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Now, just pause there for a moment. How cool must that have been? Anyone here ever travel to a foreign nation? Okay. Wouldn't that have been a lot easier if they spoke your language? If they wrote your, your words? You know, it's different now because a lot of countries now, they, they add English to everything. But like when we first went to Russia, it was only Russian and Russian letters. Now when the kids come over for Koran and Neva, they're like, oh, English. They're like, you have it easy. <laughs> I mean, but think of how amazing that would be if we had just one language. Now what's interesting is there was actually a Sumerian tablet, this is from the Babylonian Empire, that actually their belief was that one day the world would speak one language, Babylonian. Isn't that interesting? We'll get back to that in a minute. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. That's nothing profound. It's just as they moved toward the desert, there was less stones. Okay, so they, they couldn't use stones anymore. So they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Now, in and of itself, nothing seems afoul at the moment. There's a people, they speak one language, they want to build a city, and yet within it is a root of arrogance and independence. See, right before this, what was God's command? Go, scatter throughout the world. So they're basically saying, thanks God, but we don't want that to happen. We want to be independent from God. We don't want to praise your name, we want to praise our name. That's a pretty evil thing right there. Now, it's kind of funny because their whole goal was to build something up to heaven. Now, I don't know how high they got, but look at verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city. So they obviously didn't get very high if he had to come down to see it. I just thought that was interesting, you know? Because we, we could have this much higher image of ourselves. I'm going to build up to heaven. God's going, I've got to come down. It's so low. And the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people, speaking the same language... They have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Now that is a profound truth. God is recognizing the power of unity. The problem though with this unity, it was unified in independence from God, rather than being unified in dependence on God. That was the problem. But nonetheless, God recognizes the power of it. Think about that. Just because we're unified doesn't mean it's good. You only have to look at history. The Hitler regime. 
They were unified in something, and they accomplished something. And if it weren't for another group of people unifying against it, we might all be speaking German right now. I think there's a TV show about that, I believe, right? Man in the High Castle, I think that's the name of it. We don't realize how powerful unity is, but we've got to ask ourselves, what are we unified in? Now, the part that's amazing is, is the next verse. Come, this is God speaking, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. Now, at first you're going like, God, why are you messing with them? And we don't realize the grace in what he just did. Because you don't realize, guys, this is the last judgment outside of the judgment on mankind for the death of Jesus that God makes on the whole world. The rest of judgments in the Bible have to do with individual nations or individuals until we are all condemned for the death of Jesus. So this is the final judgment on all of mankind because he just had one with the flood. Yeah. And after the flood, he said, go and scatter. They go, no thanks, we want to gather. We will make a name for ourselves, not make your name great. What's any different than that than what occurred before the flood? God could have just said, that's it. I already promised I'm not going to do a flood, but I didn't say fire. And yet he didn't do that. He didn't destroy them. There's incredible grace in what he just did, because again, immediately after the flood, again, man has become independent from God. And yet God goes, okay. Let's see how well you do when you can't speak the same thing. And even when you speak the same language, it's still hard. Just ask your husband and wife. I'm speaking, but you're not understanding. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, what's up here? So even when you speak the same language, sometimes we don't understand. But could you imagine? Here they're working together. They're making a name for themselves. And all of a sudden, hey, could you hand me that brick? What you say? Did you call me names? You know, because sometimes, you know, other languages sound like curse words. Have you ever been in foreign Phil? You know, this happens. It's like, do you cuss me out? You just imagine the situation. And, and God's just saying, guys, you're united. And you can do amazing things when you're united. But if I'm not building it, what's the point? Right. That's pretty powerful. So then in verse 8 it says, So the Lord scattered them there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. See, when we don't communicate well, we stop building. I think that's a great message for us as a church. If we're going to continue to build, as Will was mentioning earlier, if we want to continue to build, how important is our communication? How important is it not only that we speak what's on our heart, but that we also listen with our ears and understand? And by the way, there's two ears, one mouth. Just thought, you know, the priority's there. Okay? How important is that communication if we're going to build? That is why it is called Babel. Because the Lord confused the language of the whole world, from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now, for those who don't know Hebrew, there's actually a little play on words here. Uh, as you can see, it says Babel. Some people take that from the English translation. Babel like means it doesn't make sense, you're babbling. So they think that means confusion. But that's not the actual Hebrew word there. There is a Hebrew word for confusion. It's Balel, which sounds very similar to Babel. Okay, so we'll see these two words in Hebrew. Go to the next one. Babel 
that's the word used here, is actually the Hebrew word for Babylon. So it's actually saying, that is why it's called Babylon. Babylon doesn't even exist yet. That empire doesn't come to later. This is how you know they're writing it as they're in Babylonian captivity, looking back at the tower story, and they go, yeah, that was Babylon. Interesting. It's not the other Hebrew word, Bilal, which is confusion. So it's a play on words. Now, God did send different languages to confuse them, but that's not the Hebrew word we have here. It's Babel. It's Babylon. Why that word? Why did even Ben Franklin say, we're going to be no better than the builders of Babel? He's basically saying, you're going to be just like every other empire who wants to make their name great, they won't remain great. You want to make America great again? It's got to go back to depending on God. Just thought I'd say it. It's got to go back to depending on God. Isn't it? United we stand, divided we fall. I think we've misinterpreted that as divided individually as Americans we fall. I think it's divided from God we fall. Because in our next great motto, it's on all our money, in God we trust. But I think we trust more in the dollar than we trust in God. This is Babylon. And when you look at the history of the Scriptures, Babylon doesn't always just refer to the actual empire that existed. It refers to any empire, individual or community, that's in defiance of God's will. It is always referred to as the enemy of God. In fact, when you go to Isaiah, in reference to this whole idea of building this tower up to heaven, making a name great for themselves, look what Isaiah in a pronouncement against Babylon, says, You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. On the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Doesn't that sound familiar? This scripture is very clear the sin. Pride. But that is the sin of the Tower of Babel. It's a desire to no longer depend on God, but rather be independent from God. It's about making our name great rather than making His name great. And Babylon was judged for the pride. The Tower of Babel was judged for their pride. What about us? What in our life are we building in independence from God? You don't want to build without Him. You ever tried to build something big by yourself that you shouldn't? You know, I I had gotten a pergola for our Mother's Day and Father's Day, but we hadn't had time to build it until recently. And so this weekend, we decided, hey, we got a few kids because you're going to need people to build it. So we got most of it done. It wasn't easy. But then, you know, I just had the top part and Leanne needed to go to an appointment, and the kids were off in the house. I was like, oh, no, I'll be fine. I'll be good. I can, I can build the rest of it. And I'm up on top. I'm, like, fitting through the things because you've got to fit through them to, like, nail them in on top. And all of a sudden, the ladder just goes out from under me. Thank God for P90X, man, because I'm, like, I'm, like, my feet dangling in the air, and I'm just, like, going... And I slowly was able to let myself down, and I was okay. But I was like, that could have been really bad. And then I thought to myself... I wasn't praying to God to build that pergola beforehand, but I was sure praying to God afterward. 
thanking Him. And that's just a pergola. What about our marriages? Are we building our marriage by depending on God or being dependent from God? We've got to ask ourselves, what about our families? How much are we really building it by dependence on God rather than independence from God? What about our careers? I mean, you can just add anything that you're building, but we've got to ask ourselves, are we doing the same thing that the Tower of Babel did? That we're really about making our name great rather than making God's name great. They were in opposition to God's plan and attempted to build something for themselves by themselves. That's independence from God. But Psalm 27, it's the same passage that Ben Franklin actually referred to. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Now anyone here that's over 45 years old, we hate that word in vain. We do not want to look back at 40 plus years of our life and go, that was in vain. Those who are younger, they don't think that way yet. They're like, I got plenty of time. I'm, nothing's in vain yet. But for those of us who are older, we're, we're getting a halfway place in life. We don't want to look back and go, was that in vain? Was that useless? Was that all that energy, time, money invested in it really account to nothing? I mean, that, that's about the worst thing I think we could hear about our lives, about things we're building, is that it's in vain. But if we're not building it by dependence on God, it is in vain. At some point, it will not work out. It will be confused. Misunderstanding will come. Language will no longer work. Because it needs God. It was obvious that Benjamin Franklin's concern in building the new country of America was that we build it on God. What are we building on? The great thing, though, is God's in control. Look at the progression. Real quickly. Genesis 10.32 says, These are the clans of Noah's sons according to their lines of descent within their nations. From these the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. So what do we see God's plan is? That His people, after being judged through the flood, now they're multiplied. We have several nations coming from the three sons. And what's His purpose? you got to spread throughout the world. But then we get to Genesis 11.4. Then they said, come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So what are they saying? We don't want to do that. I know this was God's plan. This was God said after giving us a second chance. And we still don't want to do it His way. Does that sound familiar? Can we relate to that? And yet God in His incredible graciousness didn't just wipe them out. He just confused their language. Do you see the grace in that? I think that's powerful. And yet, in verse 8, So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth. Who's sovereign? If you tried to build it, you might succeed for a while, but you'll never complete it. Because ultimately, it's the Lord purpose that prevails. In the end... They were scattered over the earth. Now they spoke different languages, so that makes it a little harder. But he fixed that later in the New Testament when he said, Okay, guys, I'll give you the ability to speak all those languages. Then I'll give you the Bible that can be translated in all those languages. It's only the Bible that can make us one nation and be one people. It's only the Bible. It's only God. 
God judged them by the confusion of languages. But in actuality, He got mankind back on track. That's really what He just did. He's like, guys, when you try to take over, it goes, it goes awry. Let me fix this. I'll do this. Okay, we're back on track. And what's amazing is what happens in the next chapter. Because here's the funny thing. The tower that they made, they're often called a gate of the gods. These ziggurats, that's what they're called, the gates of the gods. Instead, it became the door of confusion. They tried to make a name for themselves. But here's the funny thing. Does any of us know the name of anyone who built this incredible tower? Not one. They invested all this time. They were unified. There was nothing they couldn't do. And yet we don't know a single one of those names. Why? Because they tried to make their own name great. And yet just one chapter later, as we now get to Shem's lineage, and eventually to a name we all know, Abraham. Look at this in Genesis 12, 1-2. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. What a difference in outcome when God is the one who builds it. When God is the one who makes the name great. So we all have a choice to make. Independence from God or dependence on God. We have a choice. Over the next six weeks, we're going to go dig deeper in our relationship with God. And it is my prayer that we will grow in our love for God and in our understanding of God's love for us. And I hope in the end, we will all become way more dependent on God than independent from God. Because we need to be unified in making His name great. When you look at Jesus, He never made His own name great. As we saw from communion, He said, I must die so that God can produce many seeds. God made His name great. In fact, God made His name greatest above all names. Jesus didn't make that happen. Jesus didn't build it. God did. So we have a decision to make. Are we going to be dependent or independent? I close with this passage that I think really defines dependence on God. It's one we know, but I want to end it with this. Proverbs 3, verse 5-6. through Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Dependence on God is a threefold process. You don't have dependence on God until all three have occurred. It's got to start with this one. Trusting in the Lord. But the reality is, and this is why we need to grow in a relationship with God, if you don't know Him, you won't trust Him. Do you trust people you don't know? Not really. You don't. You're gonna, someone you really know, now you know you can trust them. So we've got to start with that. But you go, but I don't really know Him. Then you've got to get to know Him. And we have an opportunity over the next six weeks to really get to know God. But that's not dependence on God yet. That's just the first step. You have to add the second one. 
not lean on your understanding. So it's not enough just to trust in God, but at the same time still, but I'm still going to lean on my wisdom, my experience, my knowledge. No, that's not dependence on God, then you're still depending on yourself. You've got to trust in Him, and therefore realize you shouldn't trust yourself. So I'm not going to lean on my perspective. I'm not going to lean on my feelings. I'm not going to lean on my opinion. To truly depend on God, you've got to give that up. But you're still not done. You've got to get to the third one. Submit to Him in all your ways. You won't submit to Him in all your ways if you haven't stopped leaning on your own understanding because you've actually learned to trust in God. True dependence on God requires all three. And when you look at the life of Jesus, wasn't that Him? He trusted in the Lord. Then, He goes, you know what? Not my will, your will. I'm not going to lean on my understanding with this cross. I'm going to do what you say. And then He submitted it. God, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus was completely dependent on God. So for us to be Christians like Christ, we should not celebrate Independence Day, we should celebrate Independence Day. Right? You can clap to that. That should be our holiday. So, yes, this week, celebrate the 4th of July. Pray for our nation. But depend on on God, because only He can make our pastorate. Let's celebrate every day in Dependence Day. Yes, sir. Amen? Yes. Amen.